Welcome. With so much new technology out there, more and more women and couples are taking advantage of genetic counseling in pregnancy, and that's our topic today. My guest is Christine Hake. She's a genetics counselor at Tri-State Perinatology at Deaconess the Women's Hospital. Christine, before we begin, tell us a little bit about the partnership between Tri-State Perinatology and Deaconess, if you would. Oh, well, Tri-State Parentology is within the Women's Hospital. We are an outpatient office that provides high-risk obstetrical care and genetic counseling. And the Women's Hospital is a little bit unique in that it's partnered with Deaconess Healthcare System. It is partly privately owned by a group of physicians and partly owned or under the umbrella of Deaconess Healthcare. Got it. Okay, now the $500 million question, what is a genetics counselor? So I think of genetic counselors as what's called an allied healthcare professional or a, a mid-level provider. So other examples of that that people might be a little bit more familiar with would be, for example, like a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant, maybe a, a social worker. But genetic counselors are a little unique in that they are healthcare professionals who have unique and specialized training and experience in areas of both medical genetics and in counseling. So they work in a number of different healthcare settings and generally as part of a healthcare team to provide risk assessment, education, support to individuals and families who are potentially at risk for or diagnosed with a variety of different genetic conditions. So I personally am involved in the area of, again, high-risk OB. So I provide prenatal genetic counseling. So generally I'm seeing couples who are either currently pregnant or thinking about a pregnancy and potentially have some concern either based on family history, medication exposures, or something that arises unexpectedly during their pregnancy. Understandable. That's your specialty. Now, are there different kinds of genetics counselors? There are. The field has really expanded a lot over the years, as, as medical genetics itself has, and so it's really kind of an exciting time to, to be in the field. But uh, many genetic counselors still do what's called clinical care, meaning they're in an office, medical office setting or a hospital setting, and that can include anything from prenatal genetic counseling, as I do, to pediatric genetics, working with families who have babies, children, even into adulthood with genetic conditions. Many genetic counselors now specialize in what's called cancer genetic counseling, where there might be inherited predisposition to onset of cancer in the family. Some are involved in cardiac genetics, adult neurological conditions, and then some have more non-traditional roles where they're more in a non-clinical setting. Maybe they are involved in research or public policy. Maybe they do education, teaching, or work for a clinical testing lab, and they're helping to facilitate testing. Is it appropriate? And the interpretation of those test results to physicians and their patients. Got it. What should I expect during my visit? So I think that, of course, is going to be a little bit unique depending upon the specialty area and, of course, each individual session and family. But I think there's some key components to a genetic counseling session. So I always like to start the session by just getting a feel for, you know, what the, the patient's concerns are, what their expectations are and goals are, because those I find may be in line with what I was expecting, but maybe a little bit different. There's a information gathering part to the session, so getting 
a detailed medical history, pregnancy history if indicated, of course, social history, and of course, family history, and then interpreting that to assess any potential risks for individuals for potentially a genetic condition. And then there's, of course, a big education component that goes along with that, explaining what those risks are, where they come from, whether or not there's any appropriate testing that would be available, what that best testing is, and those potential results, and helping the family to understand those then test results. And the counseling component comes in, and you know that can be a little bit of an anxiety-provoking process for our families. So to help them through that process and hopefully help them to adjust to, you know, potentially new information, a new diagnosis of a genetic disorder, either in themselves or a family member. Well, it sounds like you make everybody as comfortable as possible, and that's, I'm sure, very much appreciated. Now, why might someone be referred for prenatal genetics counseling? There's quite a few reasons. So it can be anything from generally anything that would indicate a slight increased risk to pregnancy. And oftentimes in that process, we're actually able to give folks reassurance that their risks were not as high as they perhaps felt they were. But that could be as simple as just a mom who's a little bit older. And we generally define that as a mom who is 35 or older. Uh, Could be a couple who is trying to have children and has experienced some pregnancy losses. Perhaps mom has some concerns about some medication she's on and would that be safe during pregnancy. And then again, unexpected findings during an ongoing pregnancy, whether that was based on a blood test that indicated a potentially increased risk to the baby for a genetic disorder, for example, such as Down syndrome, or perhaps an abnormal finding that was performed on an ultrasound that was just routinely done during their pregnancy. So there's been a number of different potential reasons. So many reasons. So that brings me to another question. What kind of genetic tests are available? Are there different kinds? There certainly are. So that's also something that's expanded greatly over the over the years. So there are certainly some genetic tests that are done for clinical diagnosis. The person is felt to potentially have a genetic disorder and a test is run, generally a blood test, to look for the gene that causes that disorder and either confirm that or rule that out. In the prenatal setting, of course, we're focusing on, again, risk to baby. So if there's a condition in the family history, we might test for that, whether that would be, oh, you know, for example, cystic fibrosis. There can be carrier testing that is done, which is really looking to see if couples are considered to be an at-risk couple for a genetic condition. We all carry certain genes that don't work correctly, and that could potentially be a risk to baby, really only in the setting if mom and dad both carry the same recessive gene. So that kind of testing can be done, again, if there's a positive family history or someone just kind of wants general screening to see if they are potentially an at-risk couple. And then there's now a number of screening tests that are available to screen for conditions such as spina bifida and Down syndrome. And those tests have changed over the years, and there's a number of tests that are now available. So I think that can be a little bit confusing for our patients and our families. There's a newer test that is available, something called cell-free DNA testing or non-invasive prenatal testing, and that screens for Down syndrome and some other rare chromosomal problems such as trisomy 13 or trisomy 18. And given just the options that are now available to women and the different 
accuracy of those tests, I think that can be a little bit overwhelming for them. So I think, you know, making sure that they're being an advocate for themselves and either asking their healthcare provider, you know, exactly what test are you considering doing? What does that really look for? How accurate is it? And, you know, making sure they're getting their questions answered. And I think the ideal setting to do that is pre-test counseling. And so in a busy OB practice, sometimes that can be a little bit hard to be able to really get into those details. So I think genetic counselors are, you know, perfectly trained individuals, of course, to really discuss those options and help families and individuals decide, is that the best testing option for me or not? And I think an important distinction in the prenatal setting is the distinction between screening tests, which when normal reduce a risk to the baby but cannot rule them out, and when positive, say there's a greater risk but not that the baby definitively has that condition versus diagnostic testing, and diagnostic testing would include, for example, things like an amniocentesis where that's done under the direction of a high-risk OB physician who has training in it and under the guidance of an ultrasound but is actually inserting a needle into a mom's abdomen and then doing some testing on the cells that they obtained directly from the baby. So there can sometimes be confusion between screening tests versus diagnostic tests. And again, I just feel it's very important that patients have a very good understanding about what type of testing they're having done and then what that might mean for them in terms of the duration of the care for their pregnancy and also possibly affecting care in the newborn period as well. Absolutely. Now, everybody's concerned about personal security. So who has access to a patient's genetic test results? And that's a great question. And most people, I think, are now familiar with federal regulations such as HIPAA that protect our medical information and our privacy. And so genetic test results, of course, fall under that as well. There are also some other protections for genetic test results, including something called GINA, which is the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. And so that's meant to protect individuals from possibly being discriminated against from their genetic test results, either by their employer or by their health insurance. It's not perfect. It doesn't cover everybody, but it covers most people who have insurance, for example, with employers greater than 15 individuals. So there definitely are protections out there. I think genetics is a little bit different than other areas of medicine in that those test results aren't always impacting potential health care for the individuals themselves, but it can potentially have repercussions for other family members. So I, of course, can never share someone's results with other family members without their permission, but I will commonly have conversations with patients to explain that you're a carrier of a genetic condition. Your siblings who haven't yet started their families could also be a carrier of this condition, and I would very strongly encourage you to share that information with them. If they have any questions, please feel free to use me as a resource and so that their extended family members would certainly have the option then of speaking with their healthcare provider or genetic counselor to make a decision about whether any type of testing would be a good option for them or not. Okay. Now the biggie. What is the cost of genetic testing and is it generally covered by insurance? Um, So that can vary a lot, of course, depending on the test and the complexity of the testing. I would say overall, the cost of testing is decreasing, but, you know, some genetic tests we do, the patients may have no out-of-pocket expense. It may be $100, but there are, of course, some genetic tests that involve very large panel of genes that could be a few thousand dollars. So it really can vary. And it's also a little bit hard, unfortunately, to predict whether insurance will cover it or not. Most insurance companies 
generally do cover genetic testing. There are some exceptions to that. So I always advocate for patients to, of course, be asking those questions. Genetic counselors can certainly help them navigate through that. Most offices will have staff that can provide or look into whether or not something would require prior authorization or any type of predetermination of benefits. And most genetic testing labs these days also have staff that look into that and then work with families to give them an idea of what the cost would be after they run it by their insurance and then work with them in terms of if it is a significant cost in terms of, you know, are there any financial assistance programs available or like a payment plan. I would really hate for someone to make a decision to not have a genetic test done that they otherwise wanted because of cost because, again, there's many things in place to help those families deal with that cost. Got it. Yeah, and I agree with you completely. Now, can a person have genetic testing without seeing a genetics counselor? They potentially can, and there certainly is a growing number of companies who now provide what's called personalized genetic testing or direct-to-consumer genetic testing, and that's something that, you know, is sometimes done more for kind of, quote, fun things like finding out your ethnic background or perhaps just finding about certain traits or characteristics such as dimples or possibly hair loss to, you know, other things where it's really going to be testing more for genetic disease, cancers, predisposition, for example. And so I would just encourage someone if they were considering that to really kind of do their homework. You know, what kind of testing are they looking for? Is it more just ancestry or is it, you know, something that's going to have ramifications for their health care? And then just to realize that you might not always kind of get what you're expecting. So, for example, ethnicity might be a little bit different than than you were expecting. Sometimes if multiple family members, you know, undergo the direct-to-consumer testing, it may uncover certain relationships that were different than had been believed prior to the testing. I think you also need to be an advocate and check to make sure it's a, you know, a certified lab who's doing the testing, you know, exactly what health conditions are being tested for. You know, a good example would be if someone has a strong family history of cancer and thought, oh, well, you know, some of the direct-to-consumer companies do test for some of the cancer genes. And, and they may look for a few specific mutations in the genes, but they may not necessarily look for all the changes in the gene that can cause disease. So you always worry a little bit about with uh, proper education, you know, is that person, if they have a normal result, kind of having some false reassurance and that the testing perhaps wasn't quite as extensive as they were thinking it was going to be. So again, I just think you need to be an informed consumer. And of course, being in the field, you know, I do really advocate the education part. And especially if there's concerns in the family history, you know, really sitting down with a healthcare professional who has background in genetics, like a genetic counselor. I agree with you 100%. Now, how, my last question to you is, how do I find a genetics counselor? So that can be, you know, possibly just having a discussion with your physician, and hopefully they'll be aware of what resources there are in their community. Certainly smaller communities aren't necessarily going to have a genetic counselor available, so it may be a little bit of travel. There is the parent organization for genetic counselors. It's called the National Society of Genetic Counselors. So they do have a website, nsgc.org, and so they have a list of national genetic counselors that are available. So you can always check that website. And there's a lot of genetic counselors who are now providing 
you know, uh, phone consultation or like telemedicine type of consultations. So it may not always mean necessarily having to travel. Got it. Well, this is such excellent information, Christina. Thank you so much for being with us today. You've been a wonderful, wonderful guest. Thank you again for coming. Well, great. Thank you for having me. This is Deaconess, the Women's Hospital, a place for your life. To learn more about tri-state perinatology and genetics counseling, please visit deaconess.com slash TSP. That's deaconess.com slash TSP. I'm Deborah Howell. Thanks for listening and have yourself a terrific day.